Hey, this episode was brought to you by the iBiomed program at McMaster University. Follow Mac iBiomed or stick around for more info. <clears throat> hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of Brainwaves, iBiomed's brand new podcast. My name is Danny. And hey, I'm Imreen. And today we'll be talking to you a little bit about how university students are adjusting to this new online learning environment in these, dare I say, unprecedented times. We'll also be chatting with first-year student Abby, an electrical and computer engineering faculty member, Professor Mohammed Bakker, so make sure you listen all the way through. So, Danny, how's it going? How have you been? I've been doing good, you know, just studying, just the usual, not much, um, just getting ready for exams, which are creeping up pretty soon. I had a midterm this morning, well, more like a test uh, for anatomy, which was, didn't go too bad, not as bad as I expected. Um, and anatomy, as you know, is an interesting course. Um, so yeah, but overall, the semester has been pretty good, um, better than I expected it to be, to be honest. Um, and all the courses that I've been taking are pretty interesting. So um, I've been enjoying them. What about you? What's up with you? Yeah, pretty much in the same boat, honestly. I think uh, writing midterms this year was a little bit weird and different, uh, not being packed in that gym with all those sweaty, anxious people. <laughs> I wonder if it's even, I wonder if it's even impacted like deodorant sales because no one's put, having the need to wear it, I feel like, as much. That's so true. I mean, like definitely something we should look into. <laughs> And also, like, the 90s mullet is making a little bit of a comeback, I think. Although, instead of it being, like, a popular hairstyle, like you would expect, everyone's kind of doing that, like, business on the top, pajama party on the bottom thing. Honestly, that's so true. Like, I feel after I've had to cut my dad's hair so many times during this quarantine, by the time the quarantine is done, I'll be ready to be a professional barber. Like, 2021, Danny's Barbershop is up and running, you know? <laughs> Yeah, honestly, that's not a bad idea. And honestly, at the rate that house prices are going up and like us being called the condo generation and whatnot, we might end up needing multiple streams of income to just afford a house at this rate. That's definitely so true. But honestly, like I'm hoping my engineering degree comes in clutch and I don't have to do that. But you know what? Everything happens. I was speaking of houses. Um, have you been living at home this semester or are you living somewhere in your campus? Well, I'm born and raised in Hamilton, so both. But uh, how about yourself? Yeah, I've been home uh, this semester. How were you finding it? I, I found it to be all right. Yeah, how about you? Honestly, not too bad. Um, better than I expected, definitely. Um, I feel like I've been a lot more efficient this semester compared to last year when we were in person. Um, yeah, definitely not liking the fact that I don't get to see friends, you know, don't get to walk around and see people. But it does have some, uh, some uh, pros to it as well. So, you know, balancing it out. Yeah, I feel like efficiency has definitely been harder with being at home. So what do you mean by that you've been more efficient at home? I feel like that's an interesting take. I feel like definitely there are a lot more distractions at home. Um, <clears throat> but I feel like being at home, it's a lot easier to manage your time. I know for me, for example, if I'm hungry, I could easily go down to the kitchen and get something to eat. I don't have to uh, walk halfway across campus to Tim's to get something or wait in the long lines to get food, you know, so that's really cut out a lot of time for me. Or for example, if I have a class at 930, I'll wake up at 830. And I have about an hour to 45 minutes to study or, you know, just get ready for the day. Whereas um, if we were on campus, then I'd get up around the same time and spend all of that time you know getting ready for class walking all the way to my classes and stuff like that you know so it's just being at home has cut out a lot of 
excess time that would uh, usually be wasted on campus. Um, so that's why I feel like I've been a bit more efficient and that's really helped me with my, you know, ski sleeping schedule because, you know, I've been getting a lot more sleep because of that. And, you know, just overall. Honestly, that's really smart that you wake up an hour early and just like get ready for the day. I should probably stop waking up 10 minutes before my classes, <laughs> but I mean, hey, um, I do agree with you though. There are definitely some perks. Uh, the fact that like lectures are recorded now, I know they were for some classes before, but now it's like they're all recorded. So it's really nice. So you can watch it on your own time, like depending on which time of the day you feel like you work best or are most productive in, like in the morning compared to night, which wasn't really an option before. And also like the fact that you can go back and rewatch parts that you may be struggling with is also an added bonus. Mm -hmm, definitely like that I've really been enjoying that freedom like for example Dr. Bakker who we will be talking uh with soon in our uh, podcast I watch his uh pre-lecture videos the night before uh my lectures uh just to get myself ready and stuff like that so that's been really helpful but I feel like with all that freedom there's also a lot of responsibility on us to make sure that we don't fall behind as I can admit has happened during the semester a couple of times um, is happening <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so you know with the freedom comes a lot of responsibility so i guess you know that makes it harder for us as students i guess to you know manage everything and you know get through this time um and i don't know about you let me know if you do this but Every time, you know, I'm behind on a lecture and I want to finish quickly, I'll put the lecture on like two times the speed. Um, and then I watch the video, but then I end up pausing the video every 10 seconds because I can't comprehend what the prop is saying. So then it ends up taking me more time than it would have if I just watched it normally, you know? Yeah, no, honestly, uh, that's probably true. Probably ends up taking more or at least the same amount of time, but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop anytime soon. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's definitely taken a toll on my patience, like listening to people speak in person, just like a regular human has definitely become a little bit trickier because I'm just like waiting for them to get to their point and they're not on two times speed. So it's just, uh, it's just like trying to swim through honey, to be honest. But uh, I think it just comes with the online territory. Yeah, I could definitely relate. Like sometimes I feel like I'm talking to people and I'm like, you know, speed it up a bit, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. waiting for them to, you know, not finish, but you know, I feel like because of all of this, I've become almost like, like, it's almost like a robot, you know, you're just trying to get the next thing done. And then at the end of the day, when I finish all my classes and I'm just sitting down and I'm like, why is everything moving so slowly now? Why is everything normal speed? You know, it's, it's, it's a very weird uh, thing. I don't know if you or our viewers uh, can relate. And also let me know if you also have this problem, but I have very, very big trust issues with the mic and the camera buttons on Zoom and Teams because I'm always scared that I'm gonna accidentally press it or turn it on by accident. And then it's like my whole class and my prof are watching me as I'm making a bowl of cereal in the morning while, while watching my lecture, you know? <laughs> no, I feel you. I mean, hey, if it's Cinnamon Toast Crunch or maybe like Fruit Loops, then I wouldn't judge you. Mm -hmm. But anything else, you're definitely getting judged for it. No, no. Fruit Loops, number one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. This is probably where we'd put a commercial break if we had any sponsors. As of right now, we're just a bunch of students who want to reach out to our professors, our peers, and especially to you, listening in right now. If you want to reach out to us, you can send a voice message at anchor.fm slash McMasterIBiomed or fill out our online form at bit.ly slash brainwaves dash questions. Back to the show. 
So now that we've shared our experiences as upper years, we'd love to hear a first year perspective on how they've been handling this online learning environment um, at being McMaster's newest members to our community. So without further ado, we'd like to introduce first year IBAM student, Abby. Welcome to the show, Abby. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Um, so how has it been transitioning into university during like a global pandemic? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's been pretty tough, not gonna lie. It's hard, but I think it's hard for everyone. And um, that's why it's so cool. It's like everyone is in the same boat together. And as we're struggling, we're able to share our experiences struggling. And so we're actually growing closer together through uh, complaining about being online all the time and doing those sorts of things. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's um, nice great. because you can wear pajamas all day if you want. So <laughs> there are benefits too. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. Like, of course, like I know it's hard on everyone, but that does play a big role in helping people get closer together, even though everyone's, you know, different places around the world, like who knows where, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. Um, kind of leading off of that point, so how have you found, um, has it been easy to make friends and uh, meet new people in the program as well? It's been very different. Uh, I'm not someone who has ever had experience making friends completely online before. So it's been definitely a change for me, but that's why I think the iBiomed program in particular is really cool uh, because it's such a small group of people and there's so many group projects that I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of people through classes. So it's been great to be in class and actually recognize people's names and start to get to know people. Uh, and it makes group projects really fun because it's your social interaction. So uh, it's been challenging, but it's been really cool in this program in particular to be able to meet everyone. Yeah, definitely. IBMA does have like a lot of projects going on. Um, and just speaking uh, on that topic, um, so the 1P10, which is IBMA's uh, main project course in first year, it's been a little bit different this year um, than it has been in other years, of course. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about the projects that you've done this year and maybe which one's your favorite, um, stuff like that? Yeah, for sure. So right now we're actually doing something really cool uh, in our teams. There's four or five people in every team, but in our teams, we are designing these containers that will hold surgical tools uh, that can be sterilized. And then we're also designing, we're also uh, coding a robotic arm to be able to take in uh, mus muscle sensor uh, inputs so it'll sense where the muscle is moving and we'll be able to pick up the container with the um, surgical tool inside and move it to a sterilization bin and then keep doing that to sterilize all the surgical tools so that's really cool um, but our first project was actually designing a hip implant so we get there in like the first second week of class and they give us this x-ray of a hip and there's a problem with it but we don't know what because we're new to university we have no idea what's going on uh, but we had to research the different types of hip problems and try to figure out what was wrong with our person's x-ray and then we got to research how does a hip implant actually get designed and what does that look like and why would our individual need a custom hip implant so it was a little overwhelming at first and it was a big project, but it's so cool at the end to be able to look back on that project and be like, yeah, I did that. My team did that. We completely designed a hip implant from scratch for this guy that we diagnosed his x-ray. So I think that was my favorite one because looking back on it, it's just so cool that we had the opportunity to do that. 
Yeah, definitely. I remember like, you know, thinking back to my first year when we did the uh, hip implant project, I think my favorite part actually was the diagnosis part. It's like you get an extra, you get all these different medical images, uh, you get a background history of the patient and then they just give that all to you and they're like, diagnose it. Um, and, you know, at first it's kind of confusing, but then you start looking into it, you're doing some research and it's it's really interesting, you know, um, mm-hmm. I kind of felt like a doctor at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I, yeah, that was really cool. And also the, um, the robotic arm sort of thing. We never got to do that, but you know, lucky you guys, that sounds really interesting. I would have loved to do that to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. You know? I think another thing that's also really neat is I remember when we did that hip project, um, they actually brought in like real doctors, real nurses, wow. um, people in the field. And we got to hear kind of, they would like nudge us into the right direction for the diagnosis. And it was really like, a valuable experience to be able to like firsthand interview these people um, potentially in careers that we would want to be in as well one day. So I think that was a really neat aspect of it as well. Maybe moving forward, they could even implement something like that online in future years. Um, And then in regards to your robotic arm, I think it's really cool how the program is able to adapt and uh, like came up with a whole new project that didn't exist before given the new circumstances. So I think it's really cool that it's topical like that as well. Yeah. And I mean, what you talked about with the doctors um, coming in to help us diagnose, I remember we had that as well. And I feel like that's one of the things I really like about iBiomed is that, you know, it brings together a lot of uh, different people um, from different fields. Um, like I know some of the doctors who were um, helping my group, I still follow them on Instagram today. Like, you know, we form new connections and stuff like that. So I feel like that's something that, you know, is very unique to uh, this sort of program and these kind of projects. Yeah, you got to expand that LinkedIn connection network for Uh, sure. sure. (laughs) Um, So in general, do you have any advice for prospective students considering iBiomed and potentially McMaster as a whole? Yeah, uh, I'd say go for it. It's a great program. It's it's amazing, like I said before, to be in such a small program uh, so that you can actually meet people and get to know your entire uh, group of uh, fellow students. And when you get there and you are starting out, all the profs will say, well, all the profs with small classes will say, keep your cameras on, uh, respond a lot in class. And you start, you start off pretty good for the first week or two doing that. But I'd really encourage you to keep that up as the semester goes on, because that's how you start to build relationships with people. And it really helps you feel a little less isolated because um, you really get to know each other and can see each other's reactions to the lecture and talk in the chat. And so. I give you that advice. I think another, that's a good point that you mentioned, uh, keeping your camera on throughout the semester. I think it definitely also holds you accountable in terms of like yeah. making sure you're focused and not like zoning out or on your phone. So it's definitely a great tip, one that I should implement a little more often. Um, <laughs> but that's great. Thank you. Yeah, that, that's some really great advice. Um, well, thank you for all of that. Thank you for being here. We really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. See you. Bye. Bye. Take care. And now, a message from our sponsors. Right, right. Um, we don't have any. For now. We're doing this so we can talk to our peers, mentors, and you listening in. If there's anything you'd like to share, you can send a voice message at anchor.fm slash McMasterIBiomed or fill out our online form at bit.ly slash brainwaves-questions. Back to the show. So welcome to the show, Dr. Walker. Uh, thank you for being here. Thanks so much for inviting me. 
Uh, so for those of you who don't know, for those who don't know you, would you like to give your uh, introduction? Okay, my name is Mohammed Bakr. Uh, I'm a professor of electrical and computer engineering at McMaster. I've been in McMaster for 18 years. Um, I do uh, research in uh, different areas, uh, computation, electromagnetics, optimization, nanotechnology. And uh, I also uh, teach a number of courses, uh, circuits, electronics, electromagnetics, computation, electromagnetics, and optimization. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Those are all very, very interesting um, fields. Um, all right. So in recent years, you've adapted a flipped classroom learning style. So um, for those of you who don't know, Dr. Blocker asks um, students to uh, listen to pre-recorded lectures. And during class time, he goes over step-by-step uh, -step examples on the material. Um, I know now that I'm taking two CI5, those videos have really helped me. If you check my YouTube history, they're all <laughs> those videos. <laughs> um, so, and students have really gravitated towards this unique teaching style. Um, and not to mention in a recent article, you said that you were working on um, a virtual reality tool to help students uh, do electrical labs. Um, so because of all of this that you have done already before, did you feel that you were well prepared for the new virtual environment? And would you like to explain a little bit about the VR tool? Because that sounds very interesting. Okay, thank you. Yeah, well, uh, when the uh, corona strike, <laughs> the, this crisis came, uh, many of my colleagues found themselves in a very difficult situation. We all had to come up with uh, resources. Everything has to be developed uh, and delivered virtually. I was a little bit uh, one, of the, one of the lucky few who had plenty of material that I prepared over the years. Uh, I used them as extra resources for my students, but suddenly they became the main uh, backbone of my courses. So these videos that I have, I have about 800, 180 videos. In, uh, in about four courses or so. So I've been using them now in teaching. And um, uh, I also developed a number of manuals for uh, boards. Like uh, we, we use a board called 82 board. We use it mm -hmm. to allow students to do experiments at home. We used to have these as extra, uh, like to give the students a better experience. Suddenly they became the backbone of the course. Yeah. We have to depend fully on them. So I'm very happy uh, uh, the work that I did over the past uh, seven years suddenly paid off and we were, we were more than prepared for the corona crisis. I also helped some of my other colleagues uh, develop some uh, manuals that are gonna be used in the second term and the first term, used this, this first term, September and in January as well. Okay, now let's shift to virtual reality. Why, why do you want to use virtual reality? Uh, many of you took, uh, many of my students took the course of uh, electromagnetics. Electromagnetics is a very abstract course. Uh, fields are extremely difficult to visualize or uh, imagine. So uh, we try to make this a little bit less abstract. So you put these uh, eyeglasses and you enter into the world, the world, the virtual world, and you see the fields around you, okay? And you can uh, navigate into this world. You get a better feeling of how the field looks like. This is, this was one main reason why we did that. The second one, which came after the Corona crisis, uh, we, uh, we, we, we spoke to the Dean of Engineering, Dr. Ishwar Buri, and we told him, look, we have these labs and labs are now not accessible. We can, you can't go and have labs. Why don't we create virtual labs? So you put the eye gla uh, these glasses and you find yourself inside a hardware lab in McMaster. You start to assemble resistors, assemble capacitors, inductors, you press uh, a button and then you see the, the response. And then the response will be emailed to you uh, and then you can include it in your reports. So you can, you can as well have a hard copy of this. Uh, and he kindly gave us some funding. We worked with a number of uh, our best students over summer 
and we came up with two tools that hopefully we start to uh, integrate them with other courses very soon. So I'm very excited about this development in, uh, in teaching uh, electrical engineering in McMaster. That's amazing. It makes me want to retake electromagnetism now because I want to try out the glasses. We can make you try the tool uh, even if finished, okay? No problem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that definitely sounds very interesting. Sorry, I mean, um, are those um, almost ready to be used? Because I know I'm taking electromagnetism next semester. Uh, what would be yeah. the practice to that? Yeah, we'll run a study next term. Uh, first, we have to see the impact of using this on the understanding of the subject. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you're using TFH4 uh, in January, you may be part of this study. Okay, it's going to be maybe 20 to 30 students participating. Uh -huh. uh, so we'll see how this is going to go. But uh, we'll run it uh, as a, as a, for the whole class, maybe the following year. We have first to study the impact of this on the understanding of the subject. Yeah. All right, for sure. I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, being able to use those. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. All right. Um, and how do you find that um, your students are impacted by the ongoing situation? Do you feel that there are more benefits or drawbacks to an online learning environment? And how do you feel that this sort of environment has affected uh, their performance and engagement with your lectures with the class overall? Yeah, um, learning online is not easy. It's not easy, and this is this is well known. Okay, <laughs> so uh, not every student can adapt to this uh, type of learning. Uh, this feeling of being isolated, that you don't have colleagues around you, is extremely tough, and uh, I think it affected many of our students. Uh, I try to uh, to make to make the same to get the same level of engagement. I try to make students to answer questions and uh, uh, try to make the classroom uh, lively and make them more engaged in the classroom, okay? Uh, it's not easy in the, on the, on the online environment, but I try, I try my best. Uh, it has been a tough year for all our students and for the faculty as well. I can tell you the faculty are also, uh, faculty members, they are also um, uh, having great difficulty, uh, not because the material is hard, but to deliver it online um, is, not, is not easy. You don't see the faces of the students. We have big classes, 150, 200 students. So this is not easy at all. Yeah, so I, I would say there, there has been an impact. We are trying to minimize it. We are trying to be as accommodating as we can. We, try, we are trying to uh, use uh, different types of techniques to improve the engagement and so on. But I can tell some of our students are really feeling the impact of this crisis. Okay, so it's happening. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of techniques for participation, you are well known for giving uh, students small participation rewards, whether that's Lindor chocolates and lectures or beautiful Egyptian artwork for perfect midterm scores, which, by the way, I still have mine okay, here. Great. I'm glad you have great <laughs> Yeah, I just need to get it laminated still. Um, so what inspired you to start this initiative and are you continuing to do so virtually? Yeah, giving uh, chocolate or chocolates online is, is, is almost impossible, unfortunately. We didn't, didn't, didn't invent that yet. Yeah, but I try still to reward uh, the top students in my class. What I do, I, I email them. I have to send everything by me right now to the top students in quizzes and uh, in midterms. I, I, I feel it's very important to get the top students motivated and uh, so they can both continue to put maximum effort in their, in their classes. Uh, how, why, how I started this? Uh, it was actually with one of my colleagues, uh, Dr. Jim Riley. He's now a professor emeritus. He's the one who uh, <laughs> I used to give candy to the class. And I taught once with him and I learned that from him. He's such a, a great uh, instructor and uh, encouraging his students through candy was really one of his uh, best techniques. And I was his students, by the way, in one of the classes. So oh, he used wow. to give us candy as well in these classes. <laughs> Even though they were graduate classes. 
So I'm, yeah. I, I borrowed that. Te- I imported that technique from him, and I think it's uh, it's great. I think it makes the, everyone is interested in participating. It gives the energy to the classroom. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah definitely. And um, how do you feel that because of this pandemic, how do you feel that um, education is going to change? You know, now the technology for and the logistics for how everything is working is not the best. If we figure things out and things do get easier to do online, do you feel that there's even a need to go back to in-person classes or do you feel that um, online classes are um, sufficient? Uh, I think we're going to go back to a hybrid mode. Uh, We're going to be mainly uh, in-person but we'll have the other tools available in the background. And uh, we're going to be using more virtual reality, more uh, virtual labs and so on. And if God forbid we have the same crisis, all universities will be ready within 24 hours to switch to a fully online mode. Okay, this is, this is what we learned now from the COVID-19 crisis. You have 24 hours, you have to switch to online mode, you have all the resources, all the tools of that uh, online exam, examination, all the virtual labs, Virtual, virtual classes and so on. So my expectation is that this is going to continue. We're going to go back to classes still, but the virtual uh, tools and the flipped classroom and everything is going to be there always in the background. It's going to be used. It's not going to be the mainstream, but when something happens, you can all switch within 24 hours. This is my impression of how things are going to go. Uh, and I did participate in a workshop uh, organized by the UN in April that discussed that. And again, everyone said, once we go out from this, we have to be prepared. We're not going to be, you know, waiting for another major crisis to happen. We should all be ready to, f- to switch to a fully virtual mode if needed. So yeah. I expect things are going to continue. We're going to see each other again, which is great. We're going <laughs> to interact again in the classroom and outside the classroom. But uh, my feeling is that uh, we're going to have these virtual tools are always there for the students. It'll definitely be easier because we've done it once before already. Um, Thank you so much for your informative answers. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Can be anything. Um, uh, Not really something specific. I I, I just want to tell our students to hold on. Uh, It has been a tough year for everyone and it's coming to an end. Hopefully 2021 is going to be better for all of us and uh, keep up the good work and study hard. And hopefully next year we'll see you all in McMaster again. Okay, we'll get together and interact in person again. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, Dr. Backer. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much, much, Dr. Backer. Very appreciated. Bye. See you later. Hey, you've reached the end of this episode. Well, there's actually a bit more. Thanks for donating your brainwaves to us for this short amount of time. To keep up with what's on our minds, make sure to like and follow the podcast. We'll be releasing new episodes on the first Thursday of each month with a different set of hosts. Got a question, comment, or a suggestion on your minds? You can send a voice message at anchor.fm slash McMasterIBioman or fill out our online form at bit.ly slash brainwaves questions. Want to keep up with all things iBioMed? Follow our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube channels at MacIBioMed. And thanks to Lope Music Production for our background music. Until next time.